Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Syrupcast 76, where we talk about the world of mobile technology and everything that's happening in Canadian telecom. I am Rose Bahar, and also known as Our Dog. Um, and <laughs> to my right is Jessica Vomero, also known as J Cat, uh, the head boss in charge. Ian, <laughs> just like Beyonce. Ian, exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing. And I'm known as Becky with the hair. <laughs> Matt. Okay. Matt <laughs> We'll work on that nickname. And lastly, but not leastly, Patrick. I'm also here. Awesome. Amazing. So we thought we'd uh, talk about Chill Telecom, the new kid on the block. That's right. That's correct. (laughs) Is it a new kid on the block or is it just a lot of talk? Well, emphasis on the word kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So earlier this week, uh, a a report came out about Chill Telecom uh, with its massive intentions to free Canadians and give them fearless freedom in wireless. Uh, The claim was that they would offer two plans, give unlimited talk, text, and data uh, for $35 or $45 per month. But the downside is that they have no money, no funding, uh, no sign of investment, no sign of a deal with a telecom uh, to give them any sort of spectrum sharing, tower sharing, no handsets, uh, so there's tons of promise. So what do they have right now then? They have a dream. A dream, okay. They a have dream. a dream. And that is just the start. Okay. And you've got well, to start somewhere. He got a bunch of money though, didn't he? For people doing like pre-orders or... Yeah. So I had a conversation with um, this founder, CEO of, of Chill, and he said in the first few days they received 15,000, no, 200,000 early registrations to sign up for an email. Um, and of those 200,000, 12,000 signed up and dropped some money for an early adopter process. So there's, there's three levels. There's a, a 5, 10, and a 15. And depending upon which one you chose, you can get discounts on the unreleased plans of whenever this is going to launch. Mm-hmm. So he said that majority, 98% of the people gave him 15 bucks. The other 2% gave... Uh, 10 bucks and no one gave five bucks so that works out to be about $180,000 time. Is that really believable though that like that many people are people that hungry for like a MVNO? Is that what it is? Yeah I think that's the interesting part is that it really speaks to just how discontent so many people are with the telecom industry Yeah definitely that's exactly what I'm saying This guy with a nothing nothing but a website that where things are not even errors, spelled correctly. Which, which I do all the time, i got to admit that. Right. <laughs> the Penguin logo is cute, though. The Penguin logo is very cute, and that's what we want in our telecom companies, yeah, is how cute adorable penguins. they are. <laughs> yeah. 
Mattel succeeded with, with animals, so. Does, do they yeah. still do the animals? Is that part of no, the they they adopt and they don't? They don't? No, they still have the pandas. Really? Yeah. They send us bunnies. Right? Yeah, and critters. Yeah, they just send us bunnies. Even Bell used to have animals. Yeah, beavers. If I was Hells, I would sue right away. You can't use animals yeah. of any sort in Nothing. telecom. Especially penguins. Even if you own a dog, <laughs> you should get sued. But the issue is, is that he's taking people's money, mm-hmm. regardless if it's going to go or not. And this time frame where people are dropping money, let's say 180 grand, um, is that there's only a 14-day return policy based on what the terms and conditions are, mm-hmm. if you can find them within his website. So 14 days from now or 10 days from now, he'll have, let's say, 100 some thousand dollars, which he does not need to return, which is a bigger issue, right? Um, because there is no time frame of this actually coming to market. Right? Mm-hmm. And for $15, there's no way he's going to make a profit. It's impossible. Like $15 plus. Yeah. Right? If oh, no, it's, 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 it's either a $35 or $45 plan. Oh, okay. But to get early yeah. access, to get potential oh, discounts I see. On, right. a, okay, gotcha. on a carrier that's not even yet to exist or even have any plans okay. to exist, okay. um, he's basically taking people's money right. in the hopes of having this carrier come to be. But... To your question, does Canada need this? Right. Or what is wrong with the current setup that there's so much unsettling still after new entrants have been launched and purchased? Well, with, with internet providers, like five years ago, getting unlimited internet or like a, a bandwidth plan that was worthwhile was really hard to do unless you went with one of the third parties that like buy internet from Rogers or Bell and resell. Like tech savvy? Like tech savvy or... Alcanac, or there's like a bunch of them now. Yeah. I think there's like 20 in Ontario or something like that. But I think in a way those pushed Bell and Rogers to offer cheaper plans because yeah. now you can get unlimited internet with Rogers for like Definitely. 100 bucks. And before to do that would have cost like double that amount. I don't know if that that played into it or that was part of their like strategy with Show Me and like with uh, with Bell with Crave TV. But it definitely changed. No, I, I definitely think it helped. I mean, tech savvy blew up. Like yeah, they got they're huge. Doing, they're huge. Yeah, like everyone knows who they are now. Yeah, and so if we could only, I think a lot of people would love to see that happen in the wireless area as well. But wind, wind offered that in right. their select areas. Right. Mobility offered that. Uh, Public Mobile, well, they had data. They they offered that. Was they didn't offer the infrastructure though. That's the thing. Uh, they didn't. Well, yeah, because the issue is right. tower build out. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Wasn't Virgin at one point doing the same thing? thing? Yeah. And then uh, Bell, Bell bought them. Bell bought them. Or they acquired the other 49% that they didn't have. Yeah. But now even wind is sort of uh, becoming just a lot more like the other big telecoms. Recently it dropped its wind tab for grandfathered plans under $35. So that means essentially you can't do the, the subsidized pricing for any older plan. That, and most of those plans would have had like unlimited data or really, really good deals. So they're sort of moving people off those old plans yeah. into the newer ones and ensuring that the, the newer plans with subsidized pricing are like a little bit higher. So does that mean that all Canadian carriers are generally the same? They're, yeah, they're becoming homogenous again. I thought I was really excited about wind, yeah. but it's, it's sort of blending in with the rest. I think that that's the main thing is that people really feel like they don't have another option, even if there are technically some options available, but most of them are very similar to each other and they don't offer very much leeway. So then what, what's a differentiator? Is it the services that carriers offer, like 
ShowMe or in Virgin Mobile's case, is that you get free clothes or Fido is Spotify. <laughs> I still think at the end of the day, which is the best price, which is hard to get, yeah, and customer price. support. I think that's yeah. the differentiator between all of them. But they're all starting to do good customer support now. Right. They all provide very similar services. Yeah. Like you said, I think I absolutely agree that the main differentiator is price. It'll be interesting to see where they go with customer support, though, because it's um, I think it's always going to be an issue because of the somewhat um, stern policies that these telecoms are able to have, since there is sort of the, the big three monopolizing the market. They have these rules and regulations and policies that are uh, uncomfortable for the consumer and cause a lot of feedback from the customers. So then the customer support is... Um, you know, it, you can train them well, but you can't, like, they can't change, they can't bend the rules for the customer. Right, so so much, how far yeah. is it really, are they really able to go? That's true. Yeah. Jill Telecom needs to chill. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? And we're done. <laughs> Speaking of people that had a dream and had it dashed, BlackBerry had its annual investors meeting oh. recently. Pretty great segue, I know. It's pretty good. Um, so Jessica, tell us a little bit about what happened at uh, this meeting. Well, uh, it was kind of a joint effort between Ian and I, but the day before the earnings report was released, I sat in on the annual investors meeting for BlackBerry, and one of the main things I noticed was that the finances were discussed only in vague terms, and even then, very, very little. John Chen really tried to paint a very rosy picture of the company's future, and I think that he is genuinely trying to spread some of their assets across multiple different sectors to at least generate some cash. Mm -hmm. But um, when, by the time we got to the question period at the very end of the meeting, he just couldn't hide anymore the fact that why don't we have marketing? We can't afford it. Why don't retailers want to sell BlackBerry phones? Because they don't get the same commission for selling a BlackBerry phone and they're harder to sell. Simply the answer to everything was, we don't have the money to offer a dividend to our investors just yet. The money can be used for more important things. And it kind of alluded to the news that followed the next day when the report was released and we discovered that BlackBerry had experienced a net loss of $670 million over the last quarter, sold only 500,000 smartphones, Ouch. yeah, <laughs> and um, in general took a huge hit on hardware despite insisting that they're still committed to it. So it's really wow. a tell-all tale but there. He said that they're still going to release two Android devices, right? Yeah. Mid-range like ones. Mid-range ones, yeah. yeah. And which, though they didn't release some specific sales for the Priv, yeah. which was their first Android-enabled phone, we know it didn't sell very well, mostly because nobody knows it's an Android-enabled phone. So what you're telling me is that only 50,000 of the 500,000 <laughs> sales were of the Priv, right? Likely. <laughs> didn't you say your dad owns a BlackBerry? He, he does own a BlackBerry, but I actually went to give him the news that his favorite company was going under, and he told me that he was going to move to Samsung after all this wow. time, and that was, that was a blow for me because... That uh, is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely dedicated to BlackBerry. He says it's a Canadian company and I'm going to stick with them until I die. But eventually yeah. he just he couldn't do the things that everybody else was doing with their smartphones because most of it's not supported. Well, it's interesting because from what you've said, he seems like a real super fan. So maybe it's a good barometer of how other BlackBerry super fans might be feeling at this time. Yeah, absolutely. And um, asking him if you really want to stay with BlackBerry, but you just want to do everything that everybody else is 
doing with their smartphones and download all the same services. Why don't you just buy the print? It's an Android-enabled phone. And he's like, it's an Android-enabled phone? Really? I'm like, well, there's the marketing issue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Didn't they have some interesting suggestion about how to improve their marketing? Or there was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> they should go to porn. <laughs> really? Okay, that's very Android. misleading. Let's clarify. <laughs> okay. Tell me more about this. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, at the end of the investors call, uh, investors meeting that I sat in on, somebody put up their hand, and though since it was I called in to listen, I didn't actually see who it was, but she suggested that BlackBerry advertise on porn websites because <laughs> it's the most lucrative form of advertising there is, and apparently she got this idea from CBC's The Current, so you know that's oh wow. <laughs> I did not know that CBC was investing in that sort of advertising. I did not know. I think it was one oh, of okay, the more that they said. Okay. Yeah, I think I it's see. something that they said. Um, and the meeting finished shortly after that because nobody knew what to say. Wrapped <laughs> <laughs> up quickly. Yeah, so understandable. Fun. Yeah, I can't believe I can't believe that happened. I think uh, I went to Twitter after that to see just to see what people were saying about it, and several people were like, "Did somebody just suggest porn?" Like, "Yep." Yeah. I heard. It's probably not a bad idea though. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. it's I mean, a male audience, mostly, kind of probably. Right, right. Or professionals. Exactly. Uh, professionals. Oh, professionals. Yeah. <laughs> you can have product placement in the video. Exactly. Yeah. You, never, you know, right. But I, I don't think, and we said this for, I've said this for a few years, that BlackBerry will continue to exist, but just in a different manner. Is the securities. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, security, yeah. security and software yeah. company. The handset business. And it's actually probably really good that they're kind of like lowering their handset business and it's declining. Because every smartphone is generally the same, has mm -hmm. similar features and apps, apart from Beta 10, obviously, um, <laughs> because their app marketplace is not supported. But, no apps. And there's no money. There's yeah. no money. That's yeah. the big so, thing. Right? No but they're it's doing the encryption and, and email, yeah. which is their, their core and always has been. Mm -hmm. uh, the governments depend on them, even though Obama has a, a Android phone of some sort. Too. Yeah. 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 Obama's just like your dad. I know. Switching <laughs> away. <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see how BlackBerry transitions again. But they have $2.5 billion in the bank, wow. whether it's cash and investments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. what I found really interesting, and I would agree with you in saying that the best thing for BlackBerry to do is probably pivot on its head into a software and securities company because that's its strength. Right. But John Chen insisted the whole time that handsets are the future. The number one priority is making handsets profitable, hopefully this year. And everybody's sitting around looking at him like are you kidding well, well did he say handsets are the future because that's true did he say blackberry handsets are the future he said because he, he said, said that he could license his yeah. id he said making he's also blackberry like, phones uh profitable wasn't it making the quote or something like handsets that. Profitable, profitable is the number yeah. one priority which i find fairly ridiculous to be, often, yeah. to be honest but um he also mentioned something interesting which i think would be better for them to focus on but he also mentioned that they might license out their software. Yeah, yeah like Blackberry Hub, their battery management. Which would be great, I think. A really great move for them. But no, handsets are the future, according to the CEO. So. Has, have you guys used a Blackberry device in the last number of years? Uh, Just the Priv. The Priv, so how is, how is the battery life? It's not that great. It's not that great. It's okay. I mean, right. like, you can get it like, almost a day. Really? Yeah, it's, not, it's nothing compared day. to like a regular Blackberry Classic or Bolt. Because Motorola has great battery life. It does. So I've just been trying out the, the Moto G4 Ooh. Plus. Another brilliant transition. Um, <laughs> 
So yeah, I, I just wrote my review on the Moto G4 Plus, which I really enjoy. Um, it is unfortunately not as much of a budget device as it used to be, since it is now between $399 and $410 outright at uh, various Canadian carriers. Um, of which there are many, so we know that like we'll see this phone around in the future because it's going to be a great zero-dollar option. Um, regardless of what the reviews say, people are going to be buying it. But uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think, first of all, pretty great camera for the price, 16 megapixels. Um, great battery life with fast charge, takes about under two hours to charge. Uh, I really enjoyed the zippiness. It performed really well, um, even with like multiple apps running, and even under stress tests. And altogether, I think also if you take a look at the phone, I thought it looked really respectable. I know that some people disagree with me, Patrick Overk. I, I, I think it's <laughs> one of the ugliest phones that I've ever seen. I hate yeah. I hate the full faux leather backing on it. I really really don't like the. Uh, the sort of chrome, like the. It's I think not it's a full leather, body, though. Right? It's, like a, it's like a rubber. It feels to me. It feels like leather. Okay. Like, like I, I guess that's See, what I, I mean don't understand leather. that either. Yeah. There's yeah. no leather to I, it. I didn't. I didn't like the backing. Yeah. And I didn't like the um, the fingerprint scanner. I thought it looked really weird on the front. Right. Yeah. Um, they should have put like capacitive buttons beside it. And I guess my main issue with it is that it feels cheap, but not in a durable way. Like I like that the 5X doesn't feel like a steel unibody right. phone because I'm not worried about dropping it, right? Because mm -hmm. it's got like that, that rubberized enclosure. I think that's what they were trying to do with the G4, but the 5X just feels better and it's relatively the same mm -hmm. price. So I find it difficult to recommend that phone when you can go ahead and get the 5X. It has like a better processor. I think it has oh, more RAM yeah. too. Same yeah, thing. I think. Yeah, same RAM. Same. Oh, same. RAM? Yes. They both have two gigabytes. They both yeah. have two. Okay. And we updated soon. Yeah, updated mm -hmm. sooner. Yeah. It doesn't. I, I know my experience. The phone overheated when I was playing games after like five to ten minutes. Um, there's also been reports if you use the camera too long, overheats. And I measured it with the heat testing device, and I was getting like 45 degrees wow. Celsius. Yeah, I got just under that yeah. when I was so, stress testing it. If you're a gamer, don't buy this phone. But if you're not, and just checking your email, browsing the web, it's fine. See, that's where I'm coming. Like I'm thinking that the demographic that will get this phone, mm -hmm. it'll be perfect for them. Yeah. Um, but maybe even in, in that case, you know, maybe they could have sort of fit the demographic a little better, kept it smaller, yeah. um, kept it a little less pricey. Right. Maybe they didn't even need the fingerprint scanner. So when it comes to all that stuff, actually, the Moto G4 Play, which is coming out later this summer in Canada, might be the real one to wait for um, in terms of like really sort of hitting it out of the park for... Oh, that particular demographic that I think might be interested yeah. in it. I mean, it is a slower phone. Like it's using yeah. a four ten processor. Oh, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. as long as it runs fine, it should right. be okay. Mm -hmm. um, I just it's just it's just not a budget phone anymore. The Moto G four Plus, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's supposed to be like a an affordable, good budget phone, but there's just too many phones now at that price point that make more sense. There's so much competition. Yeah, right? like you have to do something that makes yeah. you stand out. And the Nexus five X, my opinion, is like the best one that you can give an example. For. Yeah, I would NFC, yeah. which like. I think it's important yeah, right, now right, right. in 2016 and, and all that stuff. Faster performance, and of course, like Ian said, you know, found, uh, more, more updates sooner. Like, yeah. get them, get them I also found and the camera like pretty average. Yeah, yeah I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great, but it was it was certainly like 
I was pretty good, especially used with manual mode. Like, I don't, I don't know yeah. that I would need it for much more than that. It's a, um, yeah. But it's nothing like a high-end shooter. It took great pictures under, like, ideal... Yeah, it's a camera for, for its yeah. price, for sure. But then again, it's like, 5X has the same camera as the 6P, yeah. which 6P. takes, like, insane pictures. So it's 5X like, is tough. still... Like yeah. one of my favorite phones. Yeah, all time. for the price, for the you price. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, if you're going really budget, like the Samsung, the lower end Samsung phones, like the Galaxy Grand Prime. Yeah. Um, that'll have a way better display, obviously. Right. Um, probably a little bit better for gaming. Uh, I would, I would assume, just from like the display. Um, so there's, there's a, there are a lot of other options, right? Although what I liked about it, I, I did feel it was durable. And I've dropped it a lot in the time that I've had it, and it I, it is durable. Yeah, it feels durable. <laughs> it's nice and light, which is like which is. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. It's nice because like, yeah. you know, you're used to carrying these metal phones. So, you know, being that's plastic and rubber, so it feels nice and light. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, like if you're someone who just browses their email, checks the web, you know, like mm-hmm. t- typical stuff that most people do every day, you'll be happy with the phone. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to have any problems. It's the type of phone that, oh, you bashed in your S7, uh, you need to do an early upgrade, right. hey, this one's zero dollars. Exactly. You know what? You end up using it for the next two years. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's the kind of yeah. phone the Moto And they improved the buttons on it because last year when they released the, the Moto X Play, the cheapest buttons on it, and this year they finally made them better. So, yeah. just saying. Yeah, so decent, but... Okay. Um, <laughs> I know it's a little thing, but if you use your phone, you're always pushing those buttons. It's the little things Exactly, it's the little things that count. Yeah. <laughs> But we also have a much sexier phone to talk about. They came out very <laughs> recently, and we reviewed recently the OnePlus 3. Yes. And that's actually something that our readers wanted us to compare a little bit, the Moto G4 Plus and the OnePlus 3. I think we're going to do, do like a comparison. Next yeah, because they're very similar in price. The OnePlus 3 is $519. Not available through Canadian carriers, but you can buy it online. Yeah. Um, and it is... Way better looking, way better specced. <laughs> I don't know if there's much a contest so, like, between no them. There is no competition. Like, it's the best $500 flagship phone you can buy right now. Like, Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, Which is what Igor called it in yeah. his review, I believe. Yeah, did he? yeah. Like, I reviewed it myself too, and the only complaints that I have, and this is me nitpicking, is the display is using a Pentel matrix. So if you look really closely, you can see that fuzziness of the text. Mm-hmm. So for someone like me, it'll drive me nuts. I will mm-hmm. buy it, but like for 95% of the people, it's fine. Yeah. Like it gets bright enough. It's AMOLED, it looks great. It's 1080p. So it's 1080p, but... I know that's something other people are complaining, but that it's not quad HD like the other... Well, yeah. Did. So if you're using a Pentel matrix on a 5.5-inch display, um, it's the effective resolution is not actually 1080p. So that's why you get that fuzzy oh, artifact oh, on the screen. Okay. So if they actually put a QHD using a Pentel matrix, then you'd have very clear text, right? Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, most people are not going to like complain about it. I mean, considering the price... But everything else is like works fantastic, you know. And there's another thing people are complaining about too is memory management issues. But it, it doesn't use 
like stock Android uses like a forked version of it. Yeah, of so it uses stuff. Oxygen OS. Um, it's pretty much stock Android with the kind of they kind of do things like Motorola. Like it's pretty much stock Android, but they add a few tweaks that don't get in the way. And if you don't want to, you don't have to use them, right? So like there's gestures to open the camera. Um, instead of like having Google Now uh, from swiping to the right, you have something called a shelf where you can add like widgets and stuff and check your weather. And uh, you can change like from, from light mode to dark mode if you want to have like a dark background for all your settings and stuff like that. But the biggest problem with OnePlus is they're always very late to get their updates out. That's but, what I was going to ask you. Yeah, that, yeah. But because the phone is unlocked and if you're a tinkerer, you can always install custom ROMs. Like, right. That's their big thing, right? right? But what are you getting for $250 more? You're getting a little bit better, like if you're buying HTC 10 or a Samsung Galaxy 7, you're only getting like a little better screen, right. uh, maybe a little bit better of a design, and maybe a little bit better battery life. Mm-hmm. Is it really worth it? That's what you have to ask yourself. I think yeah, if you're right. on a contract and you're, you know, like you're, you have your, you're going to buy a phone, right. get the S7 or the HTC 10. But if you're buying your phone outright, then it only makes sense to get the OnePlus 3. I yeah, really like the look of the right. phone too. Like I held, I didn't use it yeah, that much, really but nice. I held yeah. it in my hand. Like had a nice weight to it. It felt solid. Like that's one of my issues with the six P that I'm like holding it in my hand right now. Like when you when you don't have a case on it, there's like flex to the actual actual like unibody. Oh wow! It's like slightly top yeah, heavy and, too, and it's slightly top heavy. That was like weighted perfectly. Yeah, yeah. It felt like a premium device. Which yeah, is it is really weighted perfectly. It feels great. Um, and it does look great. I know Igor went into some some <laughs> detail in his review for those of those who uh, those who would like to see it because he uh, he's in love with the device. So well, he's been waiting to review this phone for a while. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate yeah. he couldn't be here today. Yeah, it really. But is. I'm sure <laughs> that you know, in three weeks when he comes back, he'll he'll talk. I'm about it. to say about it. He's currently yeah. on a plane to Serbia. He messaged me about. He's having issues with his bag being too heavy. Oh my so God. I think he's moving stuff between bags to try to, to try to get through the system <laughs> without having to pay extra baggage fees. Oh, one thing I want to mention, the phone is ex- so, it's extremely zippy. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really, like, the, the user experience is really good. Like, that's that six issue. gigs of RAM. But that's the thing, it doesn't use all six gigs. Like, no. um, there was a huge issue about it on, mm-hmm. on, on Twitter. People yeah. were complaining that it was only, you're only able to open up three to four apps in the background. And then anything past that would get shut down. Yeah. So Carl Pay, the co-founder of OnePlus, was trying to like talk about like, oh, we purposely did that because it only has a three thousand milliamp battery. So in order to uh, okay. save battery life, right? But you can obviously edit the build.prop file for the people who like to tinker with their phones, yeah. and you can change that limit to like double. Well, so, that's good. Yeah. yeah, that's good that you have the option. So I don't have a brilliant transition for this at all, but since we didn't talk about WWDC with the man himself who went to California, <laughs> yes. um, Patrick, Mr. Patrick O'Rock. Um, that is the correct way of saying my last name. It, it is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was at WWDC for the whole week. It was a long week of a lot of interesting stuff. Um, it's a really interesting event to cover as a journalist because it's a developer conference, right? So everything's super technical. And I'm not a very super technical person, as I'm sure some of our readers know. So a lot of it goes over your head, right? And right. it goes over anyone who's attending who isn't a developer's head for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to like uh, some cool hands-on sessions with like uh, tvOS, which really hasn't changed that much, despite what Apple claims, um, with watchOS, which almost seems like a complete and total revamp of the Apple Watch's operating system, yeah. if, it, if it works like Apple says it is, right? 
like that whole load 10 apps into it, they're going to load like seven times faster. Because that's the biggest problem. So you read that like so from exciting. a visual perspective or under Both. the hood? Both. Uh, okay. Under the hood. Like that yeah. menu that you, you have an Apple Watch. You, Rose no, I don't. Oh, I thought you did. No. I thought you did. I've no? never even used one. So Rose has one. You yes. know that you know the the menu like I don't have it on right now, but yep. you know the menu that with the many 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 dots. icons. Yeah. So that's still around, but the glances system is totally gone now, and it's been replaced by something they're calling the dock, where you can load ten different apps right. into the phone that are stored in its internal memory, so it doesn't have to like see the data from from the iPhone, which takes forever. Yeah. So is that instant launch? So they instantly launch. Okay. They launch in like. I can't remember the exact statistic, but they say it's seven times faster than with watchOS yeah. 2, which is huge right. if it works it like huge. that. Yeah. But Apple also made similar bold claims with watchOS 2 between watchOS 1, and yeah. that didn't really pan out. Like, some apps loaded quicker, some didn't. So we'll see what happens with it. And then the last thing was iOS 10, um, which Apple says is its biggest, massive, hugest update of all time. Uh, which I would disagree with, but there's cool stuff in there. A lot um, of chat features. A lot of chat features in, mes- <laughs> in messages um, and Siri's API right, being overdubbed, course, yeah. mm-hmm. which is huge. And those are two things that I see as examples of Apple's sort of walled garden approach to software kind of breaking down a little bit mm-hmm. and then admitting to uh, like the development partners and third-party developers that they like they can't do this alone. They They need their help to sort of catch up with Android in terms of feature sets. Absolutely. Um, yeah, those are the two big things. It was, it was a really interesting event to attend. Um, and it's, and it's like I said, it's hard to cover, but even just walking around, like, the, the things that I overheard of what people are working on and stuff like oh, that right. was really interesting. That's cool. Like, I was in the lineup um, to go into a, a Swift Playgrounds. It's like a... Right. Cool. I, I guess I can talk about that a little bit, too. Like, Swift Playgrounds is the first time that I've ever, I've ever seen, like, a learn to code sort of platform that I was like, hey, someone like me who knows nothing about this stuff could actually sit down and probably gain some kind of minimal understanding of how coding works. Like, I've never seen... Because it, it looked like a game almost. Is that the one that's going to be released on the iPad? Yeah, it's coming okay. out on the iPod. Yeah. And there's, like, levels that you go oh, through. that's cool. Yeah, I heard and it's supposed to be very, like, very easy for people. Yeah. Like, even kids. To yeah. Understand. And one of the things that I saw during the presentation was just that, like, whatever you change in the code itself, um, in Swift, like Apple's iOS coding language, you see like a physical representation of on the right hand side, which really helps with learning, right? Yeah. Because for me, cool. that's always one of the things that I find difficult. Like even when like the, the minor HTML editing stuff that we do when we're mm-hmm. building stories, oh, it's yeah. sometimes so hard complex. to tell what something is going to look like. Something's yeah, going to no, look no, right, yeah. right. So when you have that physical representation in front of you, I think it changes. It changes a lot. Um, but yeah, I overheard like a guy that makes Domino's pizzas app <laughs> in line talking to a dude that um, created Apple Pay and, oh, wow. and they were talking That's about amazing. like how Apple Pay can help Domino's Pizza's app every like, new product always has a Domino's Pizza app yeah, yeah. like Domino's example. is Domino's yeah. ahead of the curve yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah that was just an example of, of like some of the cool stuff that I meanwhile overheard. like Apple was kind of sometimes difficult to get information out of. I know you mentioned one time they said something like, we don't talk about RAM. That wasn't this particular <laughs> one, but like... It doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, but att- attending Apple, Apple events are always interesting experiences because they're a very controlled company. They want to be re- represented in a very specific way. Um, so, like, when you go to a briefing... There's certain mm-hmm. questions that they won't answer. Like, you're free to ask whatever you want, mm-hmm. but they're they're going to totally not answer some of them. 
So one of the ones, this was like at the iPhone SE thing I asked about RAM. And they were like, we don't talk about RAM. And I'm like, okay. But, <laughs> Saying it like, like it's normal, but the, it's not normal. The phone has RAM, right? Like, <laughs> how do you not talk about it? Yeah. So that, that's one of the things that, that's somewhat trying about attending uh, Apple press conferences. Yeah, they, keep, they, keep, they don't like talking about specs. Yeah. Which I kind of understand, but at the same time, like as a tech journalist, right, you'd want to know because you know that like if you only have so much RAM, you can only do so, so much. Like, that's yeah, one of yeah. the biggest issues with iPhone 6. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's expected. That's what Apple right. does, yeah, right? Exactly. Like that, that's their, 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 their MO. Like, that's how they, they do things. Um, and if you're going to go to Apple events as a journalist, it's sort of something that you just have to deal with and find ways to circumvent and do you think like, like sort of that might be a sort of symptom of their larger culture? And do you think they're going to have to change that culture if they want to be less of a walled garden? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that change considerably, <laughs> like already from like Apple events I attended earlier in my career to ones now. Yeah, they're way more open about where you can go on campus, what you can take pictures of, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, without going into the nitty gritty details. But they're definitely changing, like especially even who who they like reach out to. For press and media and stuff like that and I think they have to yeah. in order to to adapt yeah it's interesting that you mentioned um sort of the tearing down of the walled garden because there was another tiny piece of news this week that I think probably just got looked over that speaks to that where um in iOS 10 a core segment of that code the kernel is actually going to be opened up and Apple has claimed that this doesn't contain any user info. Well, it's going to be unencrypted, I should say. It doesn't contain any user information and won't actually, like, uh, it won't compromise security, but at the same time it will allow developers to fix bugs a lot faster because Apple can't always get to them as quickly as they need to. So yeah. it's another like, tiny example, just a piece of news that came right. across my desktop this week that kind of speaks to that yeah, idea. And they've tried to improve the App Store uh, approval time as well, and they yeah. have. I think it's only it's two days or under now, where it used to be almost a full week where developers would have to wait uh, for the review process to go on. So. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. They yeah. totally revamped their review guidelines and released a, like a friendly, funny comic with <laughs> explaining the process oh, really? of, of app review guidelines. Because I know with developers that I talked to, I talked to a bunch of, guys, a bunch of Canadians, and... Um, that was one of the problems that they had is like when you submit an app to Apple for review, you have no idea why it gets approved or why it doesn't get approved approved. And then sometimes they don't even give you like feedback as to what you need to change. Right. And that I think that's another example of Apple's sort of our way or the highway well garden approach sort of crumbling down because yeah. it needs to happen. Um, on the developer side of things, it's just releasing totally new guidelines that are a little more open and actually actually explicitly say what the app creators need to do to get approved and to get on the platform. Awesome. Well, I'm just glad you didn't get stuck on Alcatraz. I did not. I did not. I enjoyed that trip, though. That was cool. I always wanted to (laughs) to take a tour of Alcatraz, and I finally was able to work it out. Nice. And the the island's, like, been taken over by seagulls. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Shout out to seagulls. (laughs) Shout out to the seagulls. But, uh, yeah, it was a cool trip. Um, Any other shout-outs around the table? Let's Let's start with you, Jess. Uh, well, I'd actually like to give a shout-out to Igor, who's not here. And I feel really bad that we talked about his review without him actually being here. So thank you for your words, buddy. We appreciate it. I think he would appreciate your shout-out. Yeah. Yeah. My turn. Um, shout-out to the Sony X Performance. It was just released yesterday. I've been testing it. So far, so good. 
and I think you're testing it for yep. us, is it? Yeah, so I'm going to be doing a review for us. So. so there'll be a review on mobilesyrup.com in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to discuss that. I know just right off the bat, Matt, you and I think it's an ugly phone. <laughs> and Matt thinks it's a good looking I phone. I haven't so decided. I haven't decided necessarily how I feel about the look of this one. I really okay. like yeah, it. It's kind of growing on me. I, okay. I thought it was ugly, but now it's kind of growing oh, on well, me. So it's tr- <laughs> I'm adapting. So I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I really like yeah. the Z5, but yeah. this phone, like, it feels bulkier mm-hmm. and not as sleek, but also more solid. Like, it doesn't have the, the weird flexing yeah. of the body issues that the well, other one like, You know what it is, because I think they put plastic on the sides yeah. here, so that when it drops, it doesn't break. So this, this is metal, and they have plastic around the sides. I sort of need to sit down and think and decide, yeah. <laughs> decide my opinion on it. It's that. a big I'm decision. Sure, yeah. There's going to be a lot of sleepless nights. Yes. So what are your first impressions? Just first impressions, I'm like, they usually one of the biggest complaints I have about Sony phones is they always have good screens, but I always find them to be too cold. But this time, they, like, nailed the screen. It's really good for a 5-inch device. It's, like, one of the best or better IPS panels that I've seen. Nice. Um, it's snappy. It's fast. I'm kind of disappointed there's no 4K video. And I'm also disappointed that the battery life is decent so far. But I'm not going to say too much about it yet because I wanted to give it a few more days. Yeah. Like, the, let the charge cycles yeah. kick in. But so far, it's, it's a good phone. You awesome. Know, it's a good phone. Yeah, that sounds like a good first impression with that one. My shadow. Yeah. Uh, my shadow goes to uh, the HTC Vive, which is currently sitting oh, yeah. in my apartment Ooh. that I'm trying to eventually set up. First, The first step is upgrading my computer to AMD's new 480, 480 yeah. uh, which is one of the lowest cost VR-capable graphics cards on the market, especially in Canada, because um, I know NVIDIA's new cards are pretty pricey up here. Yeah. Um, so getting that set up, which has been an experience for me, because I know very little about PC gaming and PCs, <laughs> um, but I th- I'm, I'm probably going to have it all figured out by this weekend, and then I'll have a nice little VR set up for a couple months while we have the Vive. Then I'm going to bring it into the office eventually, so then yeah. everyone can He's try it. He's going to eventually let us play yes. with it, too. I, you can see an unboxing of that yeah. on our Facebook page, yeah. which is very popular because Mr. Patrick O'Rock is a movie star, clearly. Yeah, rock on, yeah. Patrick O'Rock. Um, the people have spoken. That's what Jess said yesterday. She said the people have spoken, and people they chose spoken. Patrick O'Rock. Um, the Rock is cooking. That's right. Uh, so my shout-out is to my good friend, Elon Musk. <laughs> I am personal Best friends buds. with. And you go way back. We go way back, absolutely. Um, so he told me, and the rest of his Twitter followers, <laughs> that he is actually making a submarine car. Nice. Like the one from The Spy Who Loved Me, the James Bond movie. And this is so crazy exciting, because he actually, I think in 2013, bought that stunt, that, that car that they used in the movie. Mm-hmm. And joked that he was unimpressed that it didn't actually work. He so, bought it? Like, he really he bought it? That's bought such it. an Elon Musk thing to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I really... Yeah, well, it's it's one of the reasons why we are friends. Because he's okay. just like that. He, he probably bought it and then sat in it in the Iron Man suit that he probably also yes. bought but didn't talk about it. <laughs> exactly. So that's what you'd have to do. You'd have to wear scuba wear to, to yeah. use it. I have to ask, though, what's mm-hmm. the point if we're all a computer simulation, as he so vehemently believes? <laughs> well, I think, you know, like, maybe if it is all a simulation, then why not just become James Bond, right? That's like, a very good point. Yeah. Just or just why can't I be James Bond? Life is just one big in-app purchase. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, that came out after people found out, or there's this video of the Model S 
being able to sort of boat through a flooded tunnel in Kazakhstan. Yeah. Um, just because it's kind of it's an electric car, so it doesn't have the problem of its uh, exhaust pipe getting flooded and right. water entering the engine. And and it's all its battery unit is very well sealed apparently. Uh, they don't recommend it, so you know I'm sure it's not something that you can just drive your Model S into the ocean. But it is pretty handy. This guy was able to just uh, float through, right? And oh, everybody yeah, else was stuck. My question is, what motivates them, or what comes to their mind to say, "Let's go to Kazakhstan and test out a car there"? <laughs> I like, don't... I just I just want to know why. Yeah, I was not sure whether I think this was just an individual. Oh, okay, we just had one. Okay, we just okay. had one in right. Kazakhstan. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I know. Who probably was also James Bond yeah. himself. Maybe. Um, anyway, I just thought that was really neat. So, shout out to my friend Elon. Nice. <laughs> and I think that's it for this week. We will see you all next week. Don't forget us to give us five stars on oh, iTunes. Yeah. And where can Good we find point. everybody on Twitter? Good call by Matt on that. Yes, you can absolutely. find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke. Uh, at Rose Bahar. At Jessica Vomiero. And you can find me at Matt Bonus. And your, your awesome YouTube channel. And my YouTube channel, but you can get through my Twitter. So go there first. <laughs> As if we don't already all follow you now. <laughs> Thanks. Peace out. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com